Hi, this is Predictions, the podcast where we talk about the future. My name is Konstantin, and I'm here with my brother, Ingmar. Hi. Uh, today we want to talk about human-computer interaction. That's how I would call it. Um, just how we as humans interact with our machines and how that has changed in the past and how that will change in the future. Uh, Ingmar, do you have a voice assistant or do you use a voice assistant? Uh, no, actually I don't. Um, I find it cumbersome every time I try to get used to it and I just like fall back to the old display interaction mode. Okay. I don't know about you. No, I, I, I use quite a lot, but so so what have you tried? What have you tried so far? Yeah, so I don't I don't own like a home voice assistant device. I just try. So sometimes I try to use the Google voice assistant on my Android phone. Huh. Um Which is, yeah, I mean, it's helpful in some ways, but so, so I use it for very basic tasks like um, setting a timer. I think for that it's helpful because it saves me yeah. like four or five clicks, you know. And I think that's what everybody uses it yeah. for. <laughs> and I think this yeah. is what it is optimized for by now. No, I, I just, I don't know. I think my feeling so far has been... Um, that yeah with this with the current uh, standard it doesn't really make sense to use it for more complicated tasks yeah i'm pretty sure if the product managers of google or apple siri um if, if they like pull a statistic like what use people what do people use their service for it's gonna be like 99 uh timers yeah. and then 0.9 alarms wake up alarms <laughs> and then yeah. like 0.1 percent all the other stuff <laughs> like, yeah which is yeah, mostly then then joke jokes right like yeah. tell, tell me joke or <laughs> messing with the voice system yeah i don't know I, i just feel like um really asking for information is not really mm -hmm. um it's not really working well and this is yeah. uh, for example if i do it with, with a google voice assistant it basically um, looks for articles on the internet and then just tells me that there are articles. Yeah, yeah, same. With Siri, and, and the, same, the same. Same happens with with Siri on on my MacBook. I sometimes try to use Siri, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I I think right now it's not really for me. It's not really useful for anything beyond very basic commands that I'm I'm yeah. also like I'm used to and I know that it works. Yeah, I think I think that's um. There are two aspects to that, right? Like the first one with a knowledge base. Um, <laughs> I, I, it was funny mm. that I think in the last keynote, Apple said that Siri knows 10,000 new facts. <laughs> well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> 10,000 new facts. Like, um, um, but I think that's, that, that's kind of hints at a problem, right? Like even Google doesn't manage to just like organize the world's information in a way that it's digestible for a voice assistant. Like they're good at pulling search results, but they're not really good at like, or they're not yet good enough and confident enough that they can like get the answers and then return them to you through voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I th I'm not sure maybe it works, but it, like the success happens so sparsely that I don't really trust it. Um, so if I have some more complicated task, I'm not... Like I, I don't, so to speak, I'm I'm not uh, accepting the risk of uh, like trying for 30 seconds to get Google to answer my question because 
in my experience, the the success rate is not high enough. So yeah. then, then it becomes super annoying very fast, and so you have really a high. Or maybe let, let me put it this way: I think the the threshold um, of of, mm. of the success rate is really high in order for you to be confident that it is a good idea to try to use voice assistant because it's really it has, so super it annoying higher, if, if yes. you're if you're trying i don't know i, I always yep. get this star trek feeling you know and i i want to talk to the machine and i wanted to give me an answer and then i'm always super disappointed if it can't yeah <laughs> so. I, I think i think that is i think that is part of it like people yeah. by the way i forgot the second aspect i said there are two aspects I ah, forgot yeah. the second one. um but that's okay like we're gonna have another i mean you shouldn't have mentioned it no that's <laughs> no, fine um I think that um, because you talk to something, you have different expectations towards it than you have with the UX. And I think it not working is even more frustrating than than usual because it's emotional, more emotional, right? Like you also feel like you, you're not going to say like, like when you search something in Google, you're not going to say, please show me something. And you don't say please. Yeah. But I kind of say please to my voice assistant because... Yeah. And it, it still just, just like, ignores you. <laughs> no yeah it's How like it's like you, you you kind of it seems like a human so because you are treating humans well hopefully you also try to treat it well and then it, it fails and you get frustrated like you would get frustrated with a human it's more emotional and yeah so i agree with you the success rate has to be really high mm. and i think they they may also be concerned about um copyright or licenses or something if they just return it directly by voice that's why they may direct you to the search results Oh, okay. but what, what I've been using what I've been using a lot is um, to to do actions. So I, I have an iPhone. I use Siri. Siri is like five years behind Google, I would say, in terms of yeah. flexibility. Um, but yeah, I use it to set alarms because <laughs> God, God help you if you want to set an alarm in iOS. <laughs> uh, without Siri like I, I think I have like a hundred different alarms like for every minute of the day I have an alarm yeah yeah because and, and, and they always keep popping up right I think it's mostly the same on Android yeah I don't know man but on Android you kind of kind of it's easy to change them yeah. and on iOS it's not and yeah. also because I use the voice assistant even more of them show up anyways um, so I use it for alarms I use it for timers I use it oh because I have an Apple Watch so I, I use it to tell it to call somebody mm -hmm. um and i use it uh, with the apple watch you're kind of inclined to use more of voices voice commands right because you don't want to interact with a small display and i think that's also a big aspect of it like you're going to use them more when you have to yeah but 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 you have to know that it works so I, i'm not like i'm not super happy to explore new functionalities right so so if you know that something works and you use it it's super useful i also use it for alarms also because like the, it's much richer in the way you can express so for example you can say okay wake me up in eight hours mm. and that kind of stuff works and <laughs> it's super helpful um, especially now do, do, when, when you're doing home office right and you don't really care about the time you just want to sleep for eight hours and then um i mean if i do home office i still have my meetings right so yeah I still okay have to I don't, but um <laughs> anyway um i i just think it's it's really useful for those commands which you know that work but you're not really so explorative i'm not really explorative with it so okay yeah. i mean i use it because of the i have the apple watch yeah because of the apple watch i use it for also for reminders 
um, so it's like remind me tomorrow morning to do this or remind me when I'm home to do this and that works pretty well um, yeah. I think I have a feeling now what it can do and what it can't do so the discoverability problem that you mentioned is, is real right like this yeah. is one of the big things with voice assistants on a screen I will always see um, oh here and there like there is this button I can click on it I don't know what it does but I know that something is there yeah. right and with voice assistants I don't but I, I've kind of discovered that I can probably tell Siri to like open an app or do something in the native iOS apps, like basic actions, like play a podcast, play mu music or something. So I'm doing that. And and there it's been really, really good for me, right? Like I, I use my phone less because I use my watch more. So I, I don't keep my phone around often. I try to leave it somewhere in the other room or something. I use my watch more. And... Um, And, yeah. and and then then I, thanks to Siri I can do that and so so that that I, I really like and I think that um, I, I I completely agree they are not where they can be and I think there's a lot of potential still in voice assistants mm. like they don't they haven't had their iPhone moment yet I feel like we're like we're we're at the Nokia brick <laughs> level of voice assistants so right like Sony you can do one of smartphone voice yeah. assistant. Like you yeah. can do one thing with them, but you haven't yet had yet this explosion of options, right? But mm. for me already, they provide a way to get off the screen. Yeah. Which is something I also want to talk with you about a little bit later. It's about like screen yeah. usage, how it affects us. Yeah. And they allow me to get off the screen. And for that, I really like them. That's, and, that's uh, very I, useful, I agree. Yeah. Mm. Do you find it any useful in the car? Um, yes, I, I use it in the car. Um, I still catch myself looking at the screen quite a bit, yeah. um, and I still catch myself dabbling with the screen. So I have a car where I have like a I have Android. Yes, I'm no, I have Apple, Apple, Apple Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, Apple CarPlay. Mm -hmm. I have Apple CarPlay, um, but yeah, like I try to use it for everything. I try to not touch the screen while I'm driving because I know that will end up with me being in there for five seconds or something. Yeah. Um, so I try to like like start a call or that, that's that kind of stuff work for you um, because yeah. I had a not so good experience. It works for me. Yes. Okay. I, I can. Well, what did you try to do? I mean, you can't start a navigation like that. You can't ask it to play music. You can ask it to pause, skip ahead, skip backwards. You can ask it to place yes. a call. You can ask it to read your messages if they're in English. Or, yeah, or if I, I think, in the language. I think my, my problem was I was in the Netherlands and my internet was just really slow. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I think that was the problem. So okay. I ended up using the screen all the time. No, asking my girlfriend to. So that was not really yeah. ideal. But I guess that's okay. Interesting to hear. Yeah, I think that that's a really good use case because in the car you're really doing like the same ten things all the time. Hey Siri, turn on the blinkers. Yeah. Hey Siri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I no, mean, that's not. You, I, I think it even works pretty well that it reads your messages and you can answer texts or yeah, you probably don't even have to answer text but just use all your messages. And oh yeah, but that, that's there where it really breaks for me because uh -huh. the texts I receive are in German, sometimes in English, and and so my Siri is in English, right? And so when I receive a text in German, I ask it to read it. It's it's complete mishmash. Um. And the same happens for street names. Like when I use it for street guidance, um, or I ask it to navigate me somewhere, it doesn't understand when I give it a German name because it's in English. Right, so the internationalization is really broken. Like, the, like 
somehow it doesn't assume that you would want to have Siri set to English and yet enter a name in a different language or something like that. Yeah, so that's is, really I, I don't think that's a technical issue. I think that's really an issue of ignorance because I, I think it's that's a very simple task to uh, detect the, lang the language of a text. Mm, yeah, but I you have to have this like secondary recognition running all the time and they just sure. don't bother. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's yeah. a small use case. There are not enough people. I think there are quite a few people. I, I, actually, yeah, I actually don't know if, if it's such a small use case. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that's just something that hasn't been thought of, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. the companies are from the US. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think it's that easy, but yeah. Anyway, so, so I'm using it in a car, and I like it there, um, but I agree with you that the voice assistants are not there yet. Like, what I would like to do is be like, hey, can you please um, re like order me a pizza? <laughs> yeah. And, and then not just use the Apple pizza service, but yeah, like yeah, use... Yeah. But actually use look for a pizza. Yeah, like, like use, use the websites, but maybe not websites, but some kind of open standard where... Just like nowadays, you publish your pizza place um, on the internet. Uh, why couldn't you maybe describe your pizza place in a standardized way such that it can be understood by these kind of assistants and be parsed? Yeah. Um, could also then be used by, by screen-based assistants. And so that I can say, hey, Siri, can you please order me pizza? And it says, yeah, but cheap or expensive place. <laughs> I say cheap, but good. And it says, okay. That's 10 kilometers away. <laughs> I say, okay, no, then give me cheap but shitty. And it says, okay, that's around the corner. And I say, cool, I'll take that one. <laughs> and then it says, you know, like this kind of interaction. Right? And I think they're getting there in terms of conversation ability, but they just don't have the data yet. They yeah. don't have the integrations. Yeah, the data is not, it's not searchable in that way, right? So I think it's also, as you mentioned, it's also a problem of standardizing um, in information on the internet yeah and i think also it's it's part of the it's, it's a problem that we're seeing because they're all trying to build the closed ecosystem yeah so especially mm. i mean um alexa kind of has these apps where you can build an app for it but let's say if I'm a pizza place, like how do I get into google voice how do I get into siri i have no idea i don't think they're they have this kind of standard where you can like describe your business such that it can be understood by an assistant like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's not it's not by chance. Maybe it's kind of by design right now that you don't have those those open standards for different types of data. Yeah, maybe. But I have a feeling that we're like we could be seeing a moment like that where some company just says okay like fuck it i'm building the platform i'm building the voice platform and i mean alexa kind of tried that but like hmm. i don't know like like ideally it's an open platform not yet another platform that's owned by a company and ideally yeah i don't know i'm sure this has been tried before right like having structured data for a pizza place would also be useful for other kind of search engines and stuff. So I guess there are reasons why it doesn't work. Yeah, but I mean, in other areas that has been successful, right? I, I think there are examples of, um, yeah, of data uh, 
interfaces or uh, st standards which which have been proprietary before and then the, the open standard has just succeeded because it was its um, adaption was much more widespread and the world wide web is a yeah. pretty open <laughs> standard <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah yeah I don't know but I, I think the voice, voice assistance could be much more yeah um, and I think part of it is the data availability, the ability to understand the data and parse it. And the other part of it is just like plain natural language understanding. Yeah, but I'm not so sure if the problem is really so much the natural language processing anymore. I don't know. I have, yeah. I have this kind of, I have like a Google Home thingy. It was from 2016. Home blob, let's call it blob. You plug it into a wall and you have Google, Google Voice there. Mm. And um, I plugged it in recently again and it still works, but it, I feel like it never really realizes when I'm talking to it. And maybe that's because it's 2016 and it's Google and they just released an update and they never checked with that broke this device. But that's really annoying. And then I say things like, okay, please start the vacuum. And like, depending on how I say it, it works or it doesn't work. <laughs> right like when i say please start the vacuum it works but when i say please vacuum it doesn't and that's um, really that's really sad <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 maybe i don't know I, I think there is also some some ground to break there but okay assuming this works like how much potential do you see for that do you think people will use voice assistance okay so extreme case people will use voice assistance for everything nobody uses a smartphone or uh, laptop anymore it's just everybody just dictates to his assistant no I, I think i think that's that's not even faster i think uh, display interaction for some things is really fast because you can you can like search with your eyes you can search through a lot lots of data really fast i mean compared to the voice assistant reading to you 10 different options and then you're you're telling it what what your favorite one is i think um, yeah. This is way slower than just yeah, looking at a, at a screen and, and uh, yeah, clicking at what you like. Yeah, I guess a voice assistant has to do some has to do some guessing, right? Like when I say, "Hey, please order me a pizza," it's like, "Oh yeah, you want a margarita?" Like last time, I'm like, "Sure." Yeah, like yeah. Like, yeah. like people are, you know. Um, but I, I see your point, and I think it's interesting because also it may explain why people use so many like. Voice assistants are today used for one-shot tasks, right? Tasks where you would usually pull out your phone, press like five buttons, and then put the phone back, ideally. Mm. Uh, like setting a timer or setting an alarm, right? Yeah. And because there, then you don't have to go into the interaction. But for more complex tasks, probably the time saving of using a voice assistant just isn't there anymore, as you're saying. You just have to... It's easier to go, just go with the display. Yeah, yeah. I, I think another way to say it is that the 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 bandwidth of of speech, in general, I think it's smaller than the bandwidth of of reading and writing, or reading yeah. and and graphical interface typing kind yeah. of interaction. I think that's just lower bandwidth, and in interactions where bandwidth matters, um, mm. yeah, you won't you won't see that. I mean, you probably will see that, but I don't think it's ever going to be very useful. But then there are other kinds of interactions where bandwidth is not is not a limiting factor. Um, yeah, mm. where it is useful. Yeah, it's kind of like with the desktops and smartphones. Like smartphones came out and they didn't keep people from using laptops. Yeah, right. 
um, because there are certain tasks where you just need a bigger screen to have more info on yeah. the screen and some things where a smartphone is better because you have it around with you and maybe there are some things that there's going to be a niche niche for voice assistants right for those things where it's not worth pulling out a smartphone for those situations where you don't want to have a smartphone around yeah um yeah i think i think a car a car is a perfect example because bandwidth really doesn't matter so much in the car um mm. because you know that's that's the fundamental reason why you shouldn't use a phone in the car because you should limit your bandwidth in which you interact with anything else than traffic and yeah um I think that that's the perfect use case. So you do very simple things, which are kind of also not very, there's not so much to choose from, for example, if you're looking for some, some navigation. Um, yeah. Yeah. But also like one shot tasks, like, okay, I want to set an alarm. Yeah. Um, if I'm putting out my phone, it costs me two hours. Because I will end up browsing, <laughs> right? And if, if I just do it with a voice assistant, it costs me cost me two seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and even if I don't end up browsing, it takes me longer with the phone. Like, please <laughs> turn on the lights, turn off the oven, turn on the vacuum, turn do all do these things. Like that's I think where voice will will th will thrive. And I think yeah, probably ordering a pizza is better with something like Google Show. Do you know Google Show? No. I think it's maybe called Echo Show. Man, I don't know the, the hardware. So the idea is you have a voice assistant, but it also has a screen and shows you stuff. Oh, yeah, Echo and Show. You can yes, yes. Echo, I think Echo it's Echo Show. Yeah. Show. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, and I think that that's a pretty good compromise. You're like, okay, like, yeah. can you find me a pancake recipe? And it's like, sure, and it shows you something. Yeah, so you don't have to use your... reading it to you. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to use your sticky fingers yeah. to, to, to f uh, fudge on your smartphone, but at the same time, you can just read it, right? You don't have to... Yeah. please read the last point again <laughs> sorry I didn't understand you <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, anyways yeah so with the screen time that's pretty big topic for me at the moment like trying to reduce the amount of time I spend on screens and I think that's also why I'm going so hard into the voice assistant direction yeah yeah that's also an important point for me <laughs> yeah so you, you've been using these um, these limiting Yeah, yeah. I think this is like the, with the most recent Android. This has been really like, uh, yeah, emphasized a lot. I've I haven't seen it working so well before. Um, mm. Yeah, and what I do now, I, I I limit my screen time with certain apps, um, and mm. I find I find that really useful because it allows me to focus. I mean, it not only keeps me from wasting too much time on my phone, but it also allows me to focus my time which I spend on the phone. Um, mm. more like more with, with more targeted um, topics I've, I think yeah, I've that's a similar really thing I've, I've limited the amount of time I spend in certain apps and I also just have like a cutoff at at 8pm or something where I just limit most apps but I still leave some open so I have like a way out <laughs> like a venue yeah. Um, yeah and how has it been working for you do you have like a hard limit or yeah I've, yeah for example I have half an hour for browsing every day mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if i decide to spend some time on twitter i'm usually not getting into those uh yeah, very useless threats with fights over uh, mm -hmm. pointless topics and i find that really refreshing you know because it's it really like it acts for me as a filter i'm not trying to waste the next five minutes with some stupid mm -hmm. argument and it's really 
so it's also helpful in that way. I'm not only consuming less um, of Twitter, and I'm, I'm also consuming um, more. Yeah, and I'm also consuming content which I really care about. Yeah. yeah. And and how do you enforce it? Like, does it show you just a screen and then you respect it, or yeah, do you yeah. like? I just says okay, that's that's it for today. Bye, and I click okay. I'm I'm not I'm not breaking that, and I'm also yeah. I was kind of so I'm I'm doing this since I think two or three months, and I was very surprised actually that it worked so well. So what I also did, I blocked all those yeah time wasting websites on my on my work computer. Mm. and um yeah so for, for me it's mostly i'm i don't know i'm i'm getting annoyed at what i do and i'm i don't like uh, thinking about this anymore right now and then i'm it's it's almost subconsciously that i'm ending up on some newspaper website and yeah. before i think about it i'm already there so mm. this this blocked um so the, the fact that this website is blocked um, it's it's not even that I I don't have a way to uh, yeah kind so of trick trick it. I mean that that would be completely mm. possible, but it's just that in this these first ten seconds or so, which I don't in which I don't think about it, um, I'm not able to go down any rabbit hole. Yeah. So it's basically just it delays me in doing useless stuff, and then. Yeah, I can think about mm. it, and then I never do it. So yeah, I, I was really surprised because for me it it's like it to me it feels like a big problem, which I mm -hmm. had for a long time, and yeah, now it kind of feels solved since two months or so. Cool, really cool. Yeah, I I I also did a similar thing. Like I'm on my phone, I have time limits, but I can like browse anything. Um, because I still want to go on Twitter, right? And yes, yes, on my yes. work computer, I have yeah. just anything that's strictly not work-related blocked, which includes Reddit, which is sometimes a problem because sometimes I have really <laughs> some some answer on Reddit for a work problem, so I don't, I don't have it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can go around these things as well, especially on a computer. Yeah. Um, and there, I just don't do it on a work computer. On the phone, I have a pretty hard block, so I just put a pin and I threw it away and I can only reset it with my... Um, uh, how it's called iTunes not iTunes uh, the iCloud password yeah. which is super long and I have to look up and I'm I don't bother I can't be bothered so yeah 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 and but, yeah for, for me it's the same so I, I can do useless stuff but that's time limited and I can't do any useless stuff during work and um, yeah and I agree also so for example if I want to see some I don't know some presentation or lecture on YouTube I can't mm. um but I feel that this is not so much of a downside that yeah it's it's yeah. it's uh, it's so outweighed on your by, phone by or the advantages yes and I, I still exactly I still can use my phone right if I didn't waste anything on, <laughs> on uh, SpaceX uh, if content. you didn't spend your tokens yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean for me that was that was surprising and um, yeah it feels a little bit like um. I, I thought this problem was much more fundamental than it than it turned out to be <laughs> in some way. Yeah, I, I mean, think fingers crossed that it stays, lot. right? But still. I think it's often like that with psychological stuff. Like you think like, oh, this is hardwired into me. And then you learn a trick and you just can work around this. And it's like, whoa, I didn't know the mind is capable of this. Yes, like, yes, yes. So the only thing is that you have to resist 
the urge to do useless stuff for 10 seconds or so. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there are technological means to enforce that. So I, yeah. I think what you really have to get over is thinking that you, you, you know, <laughs> don't, don't think, okay, I'm not an animal. I don't need uh, technological uh, solutions to that problem. I, I have free will. I can decide what I'm, what I'm doing. Uh, at least for my part, I can't. And acknowledging that mm. and using technological solutions uh, to this problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's both. Like it's yes, exactly. We we are not perfect, and let's put it differently. It really helps us to put an environment around us that supports us, and then we just become much different. And the other side also is not true. Like you, it's not like uh, you're just addicted to. Um, I mean, most people, at least, I would say, are not addicted to internet, and you just can't help yourself, and there's nothing you can do. They're they're pretty easy mind hacks, like just blocking things for a moment to give you a second to think um, that help you do much better. So the environment has a huge impact on, on, on our behavior. And that has also been really surprising to me mm -hmm. in this context and in other contexts. Yeah. 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 I think it was for, for me, that was, that was really like having this realization was really accelerated by yeah, doing home office all summer. So um Mm. Yeah, I think I think the situation right now due to the coronavirus is, of course, much more extreme because everybody is, I mean, at least uh, where I work, everybody works at home. And mm. talking to my colleagues, I think they have similar similar issues, right? And um, mm. so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, grad students are like the number one procrastinators. Yeah, I think. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's it. Yeah, so fingers crossed. But up until now, it really has worked out for me, and I was super surprised because it has been a problem for five or six years for me, to be mm. honest. So the reason why I'm bringing this up in this podcast, um, uh, it may seem off topic, but for me, this is really an example of an adverse relationship between human and computer. Like computers are there. I think Steve Jobs was Steve Jobs was the one who brought this like there are bicycles for the mind like I can as a human I can run right but with a bicycle I can run faster it makes me uh, it, it takes the things I have and it enhances them mm -hmm. and computers are meant to be or I, at least I would like my computers to be that way that um, I have my mind right I can I can think of certain ideas but with a computer I can think of more stuff because I can write them down and I can expand and they can remind me of things and they can help me they can help my mind they can expand my mind Right, I can remember a certain set of facts, but with computers I can look up more facts. And so they're like like a bicycle, like something that mm. a mechanical device that you plug into your mind <laughs> and it gives you more power. And at the same time, sometimes they're not, right? Sometimes they're like 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 mind drains, like all your mental energy just goes into this machine and you wake up and or you, you look up and it's like It's evening and the day is gone and you spend all your mental energy on something that you don't even remember <laughs> and i think that that is such a strange um contrast yeah like computers can be this amazing machine and yet they can also be this terrible or I mean, sometimes it's fine to waste a day but they can be this kind of destructive machine and i wonder if there is um why is that and is there a way to make computers more bicycle-like and less fast food yeah i think 
I, I think computers, of course, I mean, nothing that both of us do would exist, like the work wouldn't even exist without computers. So basically, yeah. we would be unemployed if it weren't for um, yeah, yeah. computers. But uh, so, so obviously, of course, they, they are like bicycles. <laughs> so they, there's uh, like an entire economy that is based on computers. So I think that's that's out of out of question that they are like bicycles. Mm. But I think where the comparison is is not working really well is that um, I mean computers are much more complex than bicycles. <laughs> so just yeah, just imagine you wouldn't really understand how a bicycle works. And mm. if if you were if you use it properly, of course, it brings you where you want to go. But um, Yeah, because it's this very complex machine, you can also end up wasting your time with it. Um, and I, I think that's, yeah, that's that's probably closer to reality, right? So it, mm -hmm. it's it's like a super complicated bicycle which you have to learn to use. And um, if you do mm -hmm. it, if you do it um, wrong, it can really like yeah, you can really waste your time. If you if you spend if you end up on on the part of the bicycle which is YouTube, uh, you kind of have an an mm. ad adversarial which is a multi-billion dollar recommendation engine which knows exactly what to do to keep you there. Yeah. And uh, of course it would be, I mean it's it's crazy to think that that you you won't be tricked by by such a. Um, by such a sophisticated recommendation system, right? Yeah, but that's, I think that's the thing. Like, uh, my bicycle, it doesn't have um, outlets on it that try to suck me in, right? Like, a bicycle <laughs> doesn't aim to distract you. And I wonder, like, our especially our smartphones are such adverse machines also because they're not just... They're sold to us at some, as something where you say, okay, like... Um, this is the thing you can listen to music you can listen to podcasts you can connect to people you can write to people you can browse it's amazing devices but then also they have this entertainment section which is also fine but then there's a whole business of people thousands of people trying to suck you in and keep you there and they don't care actually about how happy you are with your smartphone yeah. they just want you to stick in tiktok by the way very happy to report i tried tiktok hasn't figured me out because <laughs> it's oh. still trash recommendation for me okay like I, I i i mean i i didn't try it I, i'm not okay. i'm not crazy i got from from people which i i wouldn't characterize as as being very prone to smartphone addiction, addiction. <laughs> they they all told me that they got addicted to tiktok so i'm not no, i'm no, not no. downloading that no, I, <laughs> i mean it likes certain stuff but Yeah. Like it just zeroed me in on some really strange stuff and I just got had enough of it at some point. So Yeah, okay. Uh, anyways, um Yeah, so it hit a local minimum with you, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just think that these and, and it's not like I hate smartphones or something. Like I love them. They're crazy devices. Like if you if there's anything from science fiction of the nineteen seventies that has come reality, it's smartphones, right? Yeah, so I, I think it's even more. I think it it way it surpassed all predictions from i mean yeah. just compared to a show like star trek i think that yeah. that enterprise computer is not nearly as smart as as your smartphone yeah but at the same time they have this that they're kind of adverse yeah. right like i would love to be on youtube and then youtube um helps me to 
Like, I don't feel like YouTube is really on my side. Like, I, the recommendations, by the way, are great. Like, YouTube really has figured me out. Like, it's it's trains and <laughs> anything I, I like, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like like they're not on my side fully. Mm -hmm. right? And I think this is this kind of adverse relationship between computers. And I think that's just because of the business model behind it, because it's advertisement-driven, right? Like, at the end of the day, they want to create inventory, for selling ads and so they want to keep you there as long as possible yeah and um so nothing new there also no no big insights um it's just if i think about the future of computing interfaces exactly, like yeah. this kind of adverse relationship has an impact on the future because these companies shape the future right they don't want you to use voice assistants all that much um Maybe Apple more, but Google surely not that much because then maybe you never end up opening your smartphone and that's bad for their ad business. Mm. Or maybe it's not because maybe they say you have to cannibalize yourself and you will sell ads on voice, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going. Like, like yeah. Maybe the incentives are not there to really build the best future of human computing interfaces because of this business model. Yeah. What do you think is the ideal computing interface like where would you like to see this going yeah i mean i, I would i would like to use Neuralink, to be honest um oh just some brain implants yeah i think it like taking this bicycle analogy um it doesn't really make so much sense to have this intermediate um medium of yeah, conveying your ideas to the computer and back i don't think a display is really fundamental what you want to have when interacting mm. with a computer i don't think voice is what you fundamentally want to use i think fundamentally you want to share your mind with the computer um mm. of course yeah that can only work and can only be healthy if you have some type of firewall which allows you to really keep your will um of course obviously that's that's something that needs to be figured out but in an ideal world, I would think that a brain implant or some some type of interfacing your brain your brain directly with a computer um, would be would be the ideal case from that perspective. I mean, I'm really scared about that because I think the day you have that, you can read people's minds, and I think it's our society works because people can have their opinion and not share it. Like even if you live in an oppressive regime and you hate your dictator, you just can't say you don't. Like you, you like him and then you're fine. And imagine like living in such a place and then you're checked and it turns out that you actually don't like him and that's enough to like kill you or something. So I, I don't know, like, sorry, it's getting really dark really fast, but that, that kind of freaks me out. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see your point, but for me, that kind of breaks the analogy of the bicycle. Like, a bi like that would be like, I don't know, like attaching the bicycle pedals directly to your bones click in, pedals. in your leg that's click pedals that's you what know, you like do with a, with a road bike <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I i just think um i mean i mean i totally see what you're saying right and that's why i would also not i'm, I'm not going to uh, be an early adopter of brain implants or, or something mm -hmm. um i i just think um those are different aspects so first of all the the brain implant is um so I'm, I'm saying two things. The first is the brain implant is the ideal interface. And the second is that it can be catastrophic if it's not properly done and if security measures are not um, yeah, up to the task. Yeah. But, but I think those are different aspects, right? 
so just imagine an ideal world where you could have perfect control over what everybody could read out of your mind or um, not read um, that would be the ideal case yeah I don't know maybe I'm getting old but I'm not sure if that kind of technology actually moves us forward as like well I mean what's the point of anything of technology I mean what's the point of life who knows but um, what's the point of technology is to elevate human existence to make human existence easier or more prosperous or better in whatever way that means and i'm not sure just if having a brain implant like makes human existence better like you know like if i have if i have perfect communication with my computer i agree it's a great thing because well i can download my ideas much faster right and i can upload knowledge much far much faster and that's really cool but i feel like implanting this directly into your brain maybe it's not such a like you know black and white barrier like having a vr goggle vr goggle is also pretty close to your brain <laughs> like you know like whether you put it in front of these nerves or behind the nerves who cares um yeah but i'm just like like the point of technology is to elevate human existence and i'm not sure if that does right like we don't want to hmm. replace humans we want to make humans thrive do you know where i'm coming from and maybe it's too esoteric but i i, I actually think it's a little bit esoteric so for me i, I would <laughs> okay, say <fine>. a computer <laughs> i mean a computer is a device which allows you to outsource like to use um kind of artificial compute um, capabilities in order to outsource processes that you would normally do in your brain mm. i think that's fundamentally <laughs> what a computer does and but you know and and i think the better you can do that the better a computer is at what it is supposed to do i mean so i i wouldn't see it in such a general framework i mean a computer is just a device that does that and a direct interface with your brain is the best best way to do that okay the same way that no, a, a bicycle which you can only i don't know um right like where, where you can only actuate the pedals with your with your hands or something <laughs> okay it's a pretty shitty comparison but that would be worse than a bicycle which um you can use with your legs Uh, I see you. I, I know where you're going. <laughs> It's kind of breaking down the metaphor, but I see you. Yeah, you're saying that the, the connection between human and computer is so bad today that it's worth connecting closer to the source. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I, I mean, I'm. I'm not. I'm not saying that I, I. I totally see those security issues, and I'm also not saying that we will be ever at this point where we can resolve them. Mm. So it's not a very realistic point of view i'm just i'm just stating that i think in a well in a world where there would be a way to safely do it that would be ideal no no for me it's not so much the security issues and not even so much the mind reading part of it which really scares me um it's the more like almost esoteric yeah or like a spir spiritual question like what are computers for like i don't think humans I think humans should not be modified <laughs> because um, the, the the end of it is a human, right? The computers exist to elevate the human experience. And I don't know. Yeah, but I also see your side. And I think what I'm 
saying here is more like a feeling I'm having. And it's very valid, but I I I could have a different feeling tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and I actually share that feeling, right? Mm. I'm not even I'm not even saying that. Yeah. So for me, it's like I really want computers to be like like humans. I want to interact with the computer like I want to interact with the human. And part of that is visual. Part of that is voice. Right. Part of that is tactile. Um, so I would like to, like, when I'm programming, I don't think I want to type into a keyboard. I would like to really just explain the ideas more to the computer, and the computer could, like, do a lot of the low-level stuff. Um, and then we could, like, I could be like, oh, no, don't do this, don't do this. Maybe. But, yeah, like, I don't know when you do pair programming, and, like, you tell somebody to write, <laughs> or what to write is actually slower than doing it yourself. So maybe that's not a bad idea, not a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, t taking that example, I think... Explaining to a, to a young, another human being, even if that human being is very skilled at uh, computer programming, telling mm -hmm. that person how to uh, like what what you want to program, I think that's much harder mm -hmm. than just yeah in this utopian setting, uh, telling your computer what you or just yeah downloading your thoughts to the computer. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah. So yeah, actually, voice interfaces or even human interfaces are not that good, and typing is actually already outpacing a lot of other communication uh, good point i don't know i just i just have this idea do you know the movie her where like this yeah man falls in love with his voice assistant <laughs> um basically if siri wasn't so shitty yeah. <laughs> i don't know um but i kind of like i like this aesthetic or this idea like that computers kind of exist not as machines but as something that's in your environment not like, like spiritually in the, in the air but like um well you say something and the computer responds because of course you have a voice assistant enabled room and you want to call somebody and so you just talk to that person and maybe mm. you see that person appear in front of you because there is some kind of holographic display or something where you can see that person and you can talk to that person and um, I can write onto a whiteboard and that appears in the other person's office because they're synced and it's almost like we're talking to each other um, and yeah just when i when i like write something then maybe yeah maybe i will be typing or maybe i will be downloading from my brain because maybe you're right maybe that's the fastest way yeah i think i think it completely depends on the use case as well right so mm. i don't know if you have a smart home or anything you probably don't want to interface it with your brain so much but mm. yeah i i would say it depends on the use case there Last topic I want to talk about is uh, VR slash IR. How do you see that? Um, I'm not so sure, actually. I, d I don't have a strong opinion on that, but I'm weakly, I'm weakly on the side of, yeah, it's not very, like, uh, hmm. yeah. Now, I, I think people don't want to strap goggles to their head. These, like these big, big AR goggles unless it's for gaming or for some very very specific tasks yeah. yeah for gaming and i don't know some ar applications in in cars where you can have cool navigation features but i don't see it at that as as this yeah smartphone like new type of interface which mm. which enables an entire ecosystem of of new applications um 
I don't know. I really like Google Glass. I was always hoping I could get my hands on a Google Glass. <laughs> ah, and so um, now they're killed. So apparently you're a glass hole if you wear one, but I don't think... I think that's just discrimination against technology. No, I think <laughs> this is a cool concept. Like, like you have... You, you don't have to pick up the phone anymore. You keep your hands free. Like, you can take a picture without getting your phone out. Um, I, I would really appreciate that in many situations. Um, you can you get your information directly displayed in front of your eyes without disturbing you. Like, I can no longer run into people on the sidewalk because I'm looking at my phone to find out the direction because it's directly in my eye. I really think that this kind of level of augmented reality could have a future. I mean, I would like to have it. Yeah, I just don't think that... I, I think the use cases are still limited, right? Yeah, because the technology is not there yet, right? Like in terms of battery life, in terms of screen resolution, in terms of... Um, yeah, but I mean, even if, if you had a, an ideal AR device, you wouldn't, you would still not use it for, I don't know, you wouldn't use it to produce texts or, or no, no, even order not. a pizza, no. right? You wouldn't do that. I don't no, think so. I, but I would like put it on when I go outside and then go like, could show me the prices that a certain shop has or what the shop is selling when I look at a shop or it mm -hmm. could show me the direction I need to go when I'm navigating somewhere. could yeah. show me who's calling me, could show me text messages, could show me um, even like important news. <laughs> I don't know, like important news, right? Like once in a week or something. Um, I don't know, like this kind of, like having this kind of screen there without having to get your eyes off whatever you're currently doing. For me, it's very powerful. Um, I, I don't. I just don't like interacting, staring into a screen like staring into a hole. Like look at our computer screens. Even the biggest ones are really small compared to what humans have been interacting with over 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 centuries. I want to say centuries. I want to say millennia. Um, so I, I I like everything that kind of helps me get my eye off the screen. And if it's another screen in front of my eye, <laughs> 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 then I, I appreciate that. I don't know. I think there's a future, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it won't play a role. I just, I mean, I, I wouldn't, like, just my feeling is that it won't have the same uh, widespread adoption that, that smartphones have, for example. So I don't think yeah. AR applications will, will be as important as smartphones. No, I don't see it taking off. I think in the next five, ten years, I think you may see a better voice assistant if you figure out the conversation problem. Hmm. Um, because then if you have the right data, then you can have a better voice assistant. So you may see some kind of breakthrough there. Um, like like a, a new system, a new ecosystem that wins. Uh, you may see some some AR goggles, like something like Google Glass coming out again, being used by a limited amount of people for a limited amount of use cases. And the rest is going to be smartphones. Still. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of weird smartphones, like foldables or whatever. <laughs> and probably a lot of, a lot of these... Um, how they call candy bars that we have today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything you meant to say that didn't didn't give you a chance to say? No, I think, I think I've said everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Then thank you very much for this cool conversation. I hope to talk to you soon. Not again in four months, but earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and have a good night. Can do that. All right. See you. Bye.